Good morning, everyone. May all stand for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 1, 1, or 29 through 32. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, The man who comes after me has surpassed me because he is before me. I, myself, did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. So it remained on him, the Bible says. In the Old Testament, they would get the Spirit occasionally, but always left him. But now the Holy Spirit is here to stay. Amen? Amen. The holy mystery... You probably know what we're going to talk about today. The United Methodist uh, Church has a 41-page document entitled uh, The Holy Mystery. And I read some of it. I'm not a good reader, but uh, if you ever want to read that, I found it on a, on a website, and it should be in the UMC uh, Disciplines. Well, let's take a little test, test on our own, okay? This requires audience participation. A few days we celebrated a birthday. What was that? Fourth of July, America's birthday, okay? A little bit harder? How old are we? Here's some things. Two, two what? 243. All right. Amen. Correct. We're 243 years old. And if you didn't know it, you could have did the math, but you have to know when we started, right? All right. Okay. So, a couple more questions. I was wondering which section is the most spiritual? I was even, even trying to find if there was a study on it. If people who got here in front first, early, what? But here's an easy question. Uh, What is this? It's the communion. All right. Next slide. What is communion? See the hand out there. What's communion? Okay, for remembrance, heard a couple places. Yes, amen. Um, what else? Why do we take communion? I couldn't hear it. So we know communion is what? The body and the blood, the bread, the juice, and the wine, right? Let's look what the Bible says. We'll get the right answer, right? For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of... Uh, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So communion is the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Symbolic, yes. Why do we take it? To remember what Christ has done for us and to proclaim the Lord's death. We proclaim that we're saved. Are you still doing that? Telling others your testimony? And are you telling that the Lord's coming back? And when we partake of this, it's not just a natural thing, it's a spiritual thing. We're declaring to the things above what has happened and what is going to happen. A time to remember, a time to proclaim the Lord's death. Is there any more? Do we just take the elements, proclaim the Lord's death, and then we're done? Do we all know that? Or is there more? Let's look and see if we can find out. How about warnings? Is there warnings in the Bible concerning the Lord's table? There are. See a couple heads shaking. Let's see what those warnings are. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. The word of the Lord says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. Those, I would say, are some extreme warnings concerning the Lord's table. The warnings are, do not give or do not take in an unworthy manner. It says to examine yourself. It says to discern the Lord's body. Or what happens? Weakness, illness, or death. So there is more we'll look at today. The word examine is from the same word used in 2 Corinthians 13.5. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith or not. 
So when we come to the Lord's table, we need to examine ourselves. Are we saved? Have we been born again? Can you point to a time in your life when you turned from your sins, when you repented and embraced Christ as Savior? Can you do that? Have you been born again? If yes, you can discern the Lord's table. If we don't discern the body, the presence of the Lord, realize that Jesus is at this table, weakness can come. Weakness to your faith. Weakness in your relationships. Weakness in your family. Weakness in your devotion. Weakness in your prayer life. Weakness in your career. Weakness in your giving. Weakness in your serving. Weakness in your loving. Are we strong today? Or are we weak? Know anybody who's left the church, just walked away as a weakness? Weakness comes if we don't discern the Lord's body. Illness. Common cold to a major illness, a major sickness, a disease. You know anybody like that? You know anybody who's not healthy emotionally? Not healthy mentally, not healthy in their body, not healthy spiritually? You know anybody like that? They're making decisions that aren't healthy. Maybe they're not discerning the Lord's body. Know anybody who's in a cult? Know anybody dabbling in the occult? Discerning the Lord's body. And in death, that's self explanatory, is it not? not discerning the holy mystery that's taking place when we partake of the Lord's body. Have the next slide, please. Chad Sykes says, I have become convinced of the real presence of Christ during communion. Next slide. Can you testify to that? Do we come in anticipating the Lord's going to be here at this table? 
Can we give a testimony of we came to take partake of communion and we got healed? There's testimonies like that. There's change happening. One time I took communion. I ministered at another church as well, so I took communion twice, and then I went to a place I should not have went, and that caused all kinds of problems for me. This is serious things that are taking place here at this table. In 2014, in September, I lost my dad. In November of that same year, I lost my sister to a car accident. And the next May, I lost my dog. And then after that, I lost my mom. Uh, Less than 18 months. And uh, some of my family has never been the same. They walked away from their church. They don't serve God anymore. And so as I look back, how did I get through? How did I keep going? It's because I would partake of the Lord's Supper. He would help me. And he has helped me. And he will continue to help me. And he continues to help the church We discern the Lord's body. So discern means to know that he's here, is it not? So when we discern, when we partake, when we see Jesus, uh, we get healings, we get strength, we get the abundant life. And the abundant life then spills over to other people's lives. So if you want to look at your life, how many people are we touching right now? How close to the Lord are we? Sharing the Lord's table. Sharing, we get the word communion, communion with the Lord. Uh, From the Greek, it means koinonia. And of course, we know that that means fellowship. So when we come to spend time at this communion table today, we're going to be fellowshipping with the Lord, sharing with the Lord, experiencing his real presence. That's the holy mystery. In a couple minutes, we're going to pass the elements for you to take. Can you say, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Look, the Lamb of God is here. Look, Jesus is here. Can you say that? Can you testify about that? For many years I prayed about my purpose. Years, literally years. 
And the first song was saying, I am forgiven, reminded me. I went to a conference in Minneapolis. And I was laying down, face down, repenting, repenting at the Target Center. Repentance is, is it's powerful. I was back in the stands, we were singing that song, I am forgiven, and I could look up and I could see the lights up in the upper deck and they looked like stars. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, Wayne, you know what your purpose is? He said, it's me, Jesus. It's me, Jesus. And so with all our being, we need to honor the Lord Jesus, and that includes in every area of our life, but also the elements as well. I'm going to close with a story. It's a fictional story I heard from uh, Matthew Kelly. And he talks about there was an outbreak of influenza. In a third world country, and it began to spread. And he said 4,000 people. It quickly grew to 4,000 people in, infected. And so they were trying their best to contain it because uh, there was no cure and the result was death. So it began to spread and then <clears throat> they began to close down borders of each and every country because they didn't want this to spread. It was deadly, it was fast. And it was going through. But six people in New York City contracted the virus and now in the United States it began to spread rapidly and so the scientists and the doctors and all the elite people like that began to work on how to stop it and they said we found it we found a way we found a way but we need someone who doesn't have the virus yet So then martial law was declared and they said everybody has to go to their local hospital to be tested to see if they have disease, see if they have the virus. So everybody went, and this particular man went to his local hospital, took his wife and his two kids, son and a daughter, and went to get tested. And they sent in and they said, you can't go anywhere because this is vital. It's moving so fast, you need to stay at the hospital. So there was... Many, many thousands of people in the parking lot just waiting. And then the doctors rush out. They rush out and say, we found it. We found, a, we found someone who doesn't have it. We can use this to help everybody. Will, and they said a name. But there was so much cheering and so much commotion going on. The dad says, I can't hear what they're saying. And no one came forward and the doctor has a megaphone. And he says, we'll... Please come up, and the, the dad can't hear it. And he says it a third time, and, and the dad just, I can't hear, he's talking, I can't hear, what are they saying? And then he feels a tug, he feels a tug on his shirt. Daddy, they're saying my name, they're saying my name. The dad scoops him up, rushes him in the hospital. Here, here's my son, this is the name you call, this is my son. 
He said, okay, get in here. Come quick, come quick. So they move in. He said, he's pausing a little bit. He said, I have some forms, some consent forms, some release forms. I need you to sign. See, what's going to happen is that we're in order for this to stop, we need all your son's blood. We need his life. He said, I didn't expect it to be a child. Could you do it? Parents, fathers, could you do it? If I said, fathers, stand up with your sons, make the decision now, could you do it? Mothers, would you try to step in if the father was willing to give his son to save the whole population? Let's say you did do it. You'd go in, say goodbye to your son. Your son, young, would say, Daddy, what's going on? What are they going to do to me? Why are you leaving me? Why are you forsaking me? And so you made the sacrifice. You gave your son. And the whole world celebrated. They mourned your son, but they celebrated their life. They said, because you did that, We're going to have a memorial every week because we have life because of what you gave. We're going to celebrate life and we're going to mourn and we're going to remember your son. But what if after a little bit of time, less and less people begin to come to the memorials. They got too busy. They were working on Sundays. They were going to the lakes. They had recreation to do. Their kids were in soccer, t-ball, softball, tournaments, traveling teams, vacation. How would you handle that? What would you do? What's your purpose? Why are you here? Why did Jesus Christ save you? Why did Jesus call you? Because he's not willing that one should perish. The fact of the matter is, we all have a deadly disease, we will die, suffer eternally. But God said, I love you so much that I'm going to give you my son to take your penalty, to take your hell, to take your suffering, every evil you've done past, present, or in the future, my son, will willingly lay down his life 
He will take that wrath. He will take that punishment for you. I'm going to institute a memorial this first Sunday as we do here. And it's a time of remembrance. Jesus Christ came during a time when the death penalty was the worst. If he came now, he would have died by lethal ejection. That have been hard. But yet, he chose the time of crucifixion. Let you know the weight of how evil, how bad sin is. He says he wants you to proclaim the Lord's death. We live in a spiritual battle for souls for the glory of the kingdom of God. So let's discern the Lord's body. Let's examine if we are in the faith. And if not, give your life to Christ today. You just grew up in the church. Just never really made that commitment. Notice that change. Felt the times of refreshing. You can make that commitment today. Let's partake. Ask the ushers to come and prepare communion. May communion be different today. May the Holy Spirit come. May you see the Lamb of God.